What is up everyone? Welcome back to the Sky Realm here at Homie and the Dude. I am Bodhi, your unexceptional dungeon master, and we are joined by our exceptional cast of players today. Um, quickly before we get into the game, couple of shout outs that we have to do. You know what it is. Shout out to the editing team of Becky and Ben. Those guys are absolute legends. Shout out to the art team, Victor, Josh, and Alex. They bring this world to life with all the incredible picture in picture art pieces that you see popping up on the screen. And finally, we have to give a massive shout out to our official sponsor of this stream, Underground Oracle Publishing. If you enjoy any of the character that Blake is playing, uh, the, the lineage, the race that he's playing, as well as also the spells and things like that that he's casting. That is all created by Underground Oracle Publishing and they've been so gracious to allow us to use that. So they're an awesome third-party D&D content creation team, publishing team, um, and we strongly recommend you checking out their stuff. They are absolutely awesome. But a little recap for you guys. Uh, last episode, our players um, left Ulfer's house on uh, what they're calling um, their like preparation for like heist day, basically. Um, and as they're leaving the house, this strange gentleman who seemed to be following them uh, appears and finally talks and engages with the group. He, he calls himself Julio Balade, the Jolly Bard. Um, and he basically informs them that he's very interested in the Green Jalapeno's musical group that they are, it's specifically Toad um, himself, and he wishes that Toad would come with him and record an album at some point, back to his home studio to record an album. He offers the team a, a pretty large sum of gold um, as a deposit for this, but with some good rolls, R&R is able to juice that this might be a bit of a dicey situation, and so uh, the team actually decide to hold off on that. He however leaves and the team kind of confer a little bit and realize that maybe going up to his would be a good alibi for when they do this heist. So uh, it's something they're still considering at the moment. From there, uh, Toad reveals some interesting information to R&R um, that he knows that R&R's great nemesis, Miradas Kulinov, uh, might be at the um, Mensurin Fencing Club hideout, basically, where the uh, party are heading. R&R blows his lid and the party have to try and wrangle him back in. Finally, Geo is able to uh, to wrangle R&R back down to calmness before they head out towards uh, where they believe this Mensurin Fencing Club, underground fencing club is. Uh, they go to the Lotus Lady Tea House um, and the group kind of confer and decide that Blanco and Toad should be the two that infiltrate um, the fencing club while the rest of the group uh, take some time outside to kind of keep watch um, and half of the group kind of are going to go break off and, uh, and find some disguises. So yeah, um, we last left off with our party, with our party of two entering in through the like kind of 60s beads uh, in the Lotus Lady Tea House and entering into um, this back room that they were allowed into by the, uh, by the ladies serving at the counter. So, if you're sitting comfortably, let's begin. So we just see episode. Amazing. 
as you step through, I follow Toad. As you step through, very similar to like the TARDIS or you know the tent in Harry Potter, you step through and you feel the kind of magical energy pass over you, and you enter a room that is quiet with just the sound of water trickling through. What you see in front of you is an open square room. You can see in the center of the room is a sunken bit of floor. It's about 20 feet square of sunken bit of floor in the center. Um, and in the center of that is a giant fountain that has water, clear crystal water, just pouring out of it into the fountain and back around. You can see around the edges, there is like a walkway that is about you know 20 feet wide uh, along the edges of the room. Um, and there's alcoves about maybe every 10 feet with suits of armor kind of dotted around them. There's a gentleman at the fountain and you can see that he has removed his shoes and put them up on the on the platform and is down and is um, almost doing like a, like some sort of like um, bathing ritual, I guess. You can see him wiping blood from his arms. And then after wiping the blood from his arms and shaking his arms, he grabs the water and pulls it over his head, just like slicking his hair back, basically, as he does. He stands up, turns to you both, uh, quietly nods, puts his shoes on, um, and walks, uh, goes to walk past you guys. That's that contact. Has he, has he only got, has he got two arms? Did you say he's like, he does have two arms. arms? Yeah, okay. he's got two arms. Right. And, uh, and, uh, he's, he's dressed in like white waistcoat, frilly, uh, frilly kind of black shirt underneath. Uh, he's got his like rapier at his hip. Um, and he's wearing like trousers that kind of taper at the knees that are a bit like more puffy at the, at the top, basically. I, I, I've, I have followed um, Toad in and um, sort of like... Oh, final thing as well. There's doors. There's a couple of doors as well dotted around in the room. You can see that there is uh, there's four doors uh, spaced evenly into the four walls. Um, and the final thing I'll say is there is some sunlight that seems to be coming through the roof. Though you know this building was multiple stories, there's like uh, almost like um, uh, a roofing that is in like a almost like a fencing grid kind of thing and it's letting like sunlight like in a, somehow. Like an atrium? An atrium, yeah, kind of situation, exactly. Um, I, I sort of am waiting for to, to to take the lead and I'm sort of like pushing up behind him to sort of the gentleman what he's, he's, um, he's feeling about this room and, and I sort of whisper, well, what do you think uh, we should do here? The gentleman Come. walks past you and through the beads and out the shop. Oh, it's you're, you're left in the <sighs> empty room now, by the way. Well, I was going to, just being quiet, I was going to ask that person, but I am interested in like what r and would do. So we need to, do, do, are there any names on the door? Are there any names on the... There is no names on the door, but as you kind of make your way around and you're kind of like sussing out this area, you can hear from one of the doors, there seems to be a lot of laughter and kind of chatter coming from behind one of the doors. Um, as you guys are kind of walking around and surveying. If you use your senses maybe to see, mm -hmm. and I'll give you a hand. Mm -hmm. I'm smelling around and, and I can smell that there's sort of like more sweat and things like that coming from, uh, you know, through one of the areas because um, where it's like more fencing is done. And mm. um, uh, I said to, I can smell that there is you know, more 
sort of like uh, sweat and uh, blood over this way. Maybe this is where the fencing is taking place. Maybe it's where Maddox or Leopold can be found. As you gesture to the door that you believe this smell is coming from, the door opens and two gentlemen walk out. Both gentlemen are sweating and uh, one of them has a slash across his chest plate um, that doesn't have any blood, but the, the, the chest piece that he had is like severed in half. Um, the first gentleman who walks out, um, I'm going to just put up an image on, uh, on screen for you guys quickly. The first gentleman you see um, walk out of the room is wearing a long flowing cloak that is uh, resplendent with gold trim and hints of blue kind of locked in. You can see he's got black spiky hair and half of it is white all the way through. You can see that half of his neck and face have been severely burnt. And, uh, and very gruesomely burnt. Um, you can see that he's wearing these like kind of harem kind of trousers with Roman sandals basically at the bottom. Um, you can see tucked into uh, his cloak is, um, is a katana with a rapier guard on it and then a tonto uh, next to that. Um, as he kind of turns, you notice that one of his sleeves kind of just moves a little bit more freely um, as if almost empty. The other gentleman walking out um, is basically, he's got, let me just uh, describe this to you. So he's, uh, he's got a little like um, almost laurel metal thing here with two pointy elf ears. He's got slick back brown hair um, and he's wearing a cloak, uh, like a, a, a almost like captain's double breasted jacket with the bottom half of it in this like yellow and kind of orange check with fur at the bottom. Um, and the top half is like blues and browns. Um, and underneath that, he's wearing like a, like a half chest plate, kind of like you are um, Blanco that has been severed. And as the two walk out, the, the, the younger uh, gentleman with the burns kind of goes, you know what, Miradas, you didn't do too bad today, but let's be honest, you're no match for the hand and mouth, are you? The guy goes, well, you know what, Maddox, whatever, man, like, yeah, okay, yeah, this time you had me and you got me in the corner and there wasn't anything I could do, but next time I'm coming for you and I'm going to go practice my repartees and you're going to be screwed then. Max is like, hey, be what it be, brother, be what it be. Um, I, uh, I'm going to go join Leopold and the others in the other room. Uh, what's your plans, Mirdas? Mirdas is like... I don't know, man. I've got this paper that I'm working on at home and fuck, I need to get this repaired now thanks to you. So I'm actually going to head out. So that's cool with you, man. And as they say this, they both turn and notice both of you stood just in the room, like maybe 10 feet away from them from the door. Oh, sorry. Did not mean to, um, to interrupt. We're here to, I believe, they're going to showcase our skills. We come from far, far lands. And they're one of the best fighters that I've ever witnessed. And they came here to, to prove themselves. And did, did I ever hear, are you Mardas Kolinov, the, the author, right? You see him, like, take a little, like, hop step, you know, like a little, like, a little boop, boop, and uh, goes, I am indeed. And he bows, Mardas Kolinov, at your service. Your writing says, one of my, one of my close friends, like, you're their favorite writer they would love to if someday they could <laughs> pick your brain about this that would be amazing if, if you're ever available i know you're busy probably but if you ever if there's some place we can of course discuss, it would, 
Yeah, I would, I would be delighted to walk your friend through any of my works. Uh, here, here, one second, and you see him reach into his bag and he pulls out a, uh, uh, a thin tome. And uh, on, on the front of that tome is, let me just get this 100% right, because <laughs> I want to oh make God. sure I get it right. Um, How psychic is R&R right now? <laughs> are there, uh, I feel a great ah. disturbance <laughs> it says ratio et postmortem on it uh, pro pro sorry propositum on it and uh, and he goes this is actually one of my most famous works he flips it open pulls a pen from his pocket and begins signing it Miradas Kulinov your number to my number one fan and he seals it and he goes here Take this for your friend. It's my it's my pleasure. I have many more in his bag, and you can see Toad that he's got like three or four of his own tome in his bag. And if, if I can, if we can be book a time to meet you, that'd be amazing. If you're busy, I know you're busy. If oh, there's any time we can book a time to meet you, that'd be. Well, do you know what? Uh, how about this? Um, in two days, I will be doing a lecture at the university um, on the dock. Um, if you wish to come to my lecture, I'd be happy to answer any questions you have after my lecture. That would be. I would be delighted. Okay. Anyone who's a fan of my work is a friend of mine. And Blanco is trying to keep the hairs on the back of his neck from coming up and sort of like just a, a, a slight snarl, this sort of, you know, you know, trying to escape and he's managing to, to keep it in control because he doesn't want to, to lose control. But he just is like, <laughs> knows that this, is who R&R is so passionate about and is really like, and so he's sort of like, you know, keeping his cool, but just like staying behind, you know, Toad's right there and he's just keeping behind him with his hand placed on his rapier. You see at this point, the younger gentleman steps forward and goes, did you mention that uh, you are a professional fencer looking to test themselves against the best? Well, I am Maddox Carlisle beta of this establishment with that blanco's eyes like would you be interested in testing yourself against me uh we do have our alpha in today but if you can't beat the beta what's the point of you even touching the alpha well well no offense but they they do want to go with the, the top of the top because they feel they've been tested all the way and i know you're a probably great fighter but if possible and just so that they can know Here's what I will say. If you can best me in offense, I would be happy to go inform Leopold that some new guy who has entered our city is suddenly the best fencer in the land and we've not heard of you up until this point, which, <laughs> let's be real, <laughs> is not likely. So I'm happy for us to step into the fencing room, if you would like. Blanco leans forward to to um, Toad and says, I think I'm going to have to fight him, but how do you feel about this? <laughs> I trust your ability, so if you if you think you're down this, then I'll do everything I can to, to, to have your back, so. I, I, I go, and I go, <laughs> a one-armed fighter. I think I might win. You see, you see, uh, Miradas go, 
if you don't mind, may I stay and watch uh, this this battle? I'm I'm very curious to see these uh these skills that uh you you seem to bring. New. But by the way, what what are your your names? Welcome to the Mensurin Fencing Club. What are your names, by the way? Says Meridas. Well, you can just call me T. T. Does that stand for something, or is it like T E A or T E E? It, it's more of a symbol, but oh, just oh. T. My, my apologies, I am not proficient in uh, symbols, hieroglyphs, or, or things like that. It's, it's not my specialty. And tells Toad to say black magic. <laughs> and they are, they go by black magic. You see Miradas and Maddox look at each other for a second, as if to almost say, Blanco is a white dog. <laughs> what? That's such a weird name. And, uh, and then uh, Maddox goes, well, after you. Good sir, magic. And gestures towards the fencing room. That moment, we're going to come back outside to our outside group who are uh, who are keeping watch at the moment. Um, you guys know that Ulfur has told you that there is a uh, there's a square nearby that has some shops in it. The gest the direction in which he gestures looks like he's gesturing towards where the spire of the church is as well. He's kind of doing one of, one of those and gesturing that way towards that direction. How are you guys feeling? I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering how they're doing in there. I can't, I can't hardly contain myself right now. Do you think they're, they're making, do we need to go in? Are they making any progress? Oh. Well, there's, there's no possible way of knowing unless we go in. But I mean, if we bum rush everything, that's going to blow our cover. Um, we gotta trust them, I guess, but I can barely yeah. contain myself. My skin's crawling right now. Well, let's get some of those jitters out. We should maybe go on a little Punch walk, me maybe. What? Punch me right in the face, Gio. Right. Who? Are you? You mean metaphorically? Oh like, no, that seems no, I mean unnecessary. Punch me in the face. Oh. It, is this for me or for you? It's for both of us. Please just. Hit me right in the face, like, right, right here, not here. That could shatter my jaw, but right about here. Are, are you sure? I'm positive. Geo has seen R&R on the heavy bag and also <laughs> blast through walls and knows the level of effort that it needs for R&R to release endorphins. He understands that, and he knows that just a simple punch or a respectful punch is probably not going to do anything for R&R, but he's a little bit petrified. But in his mind, he's thinking, this is more for R&R than for me. And uh, he actually, yeah, okay. He. Um, I'm going to let the hit land. I'm, I'm not yeah, of course, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not going to roll attack or just go down. <laughs> he just he measures down. it. And this he is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> R&R, I'm so sorry for doing this. And he says, you are you? Be, okay, here goes. And he pulls back. And in his mind, he's thinking, this is for r, &R. And he lays one on r, r as close to the mark that r, r had indicated on his face. As this happens, two women that are across the road from you see this punch happen and one of them goes Deus Scott and just like faints on on the road and uh, and the other woman goes oh my goodness violence in the street and just like runs leaving her friend like passed out on the ground 
R&R, R&R kind of like, thank you, I didn't need that, uh, and runs over to the woman. Ma'am, are you all right? Do you need any assistance? The woman's like, oh, 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 you're so strong. Hello, yes, oh, I'm so injured. Yes, I, I fell am. and hurt myself. Yes, I, I could use all of your assistance. May you, uh, may, may you help me up? And she like gives you like a, like yes, a one of, of these. Yes, uh, and he kind of like yanks her up very <laughs> unceremoniously. She's like, oh, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, what is your name? Uh, you're so strong. You took that punch. Oh my goodness! How could you, sir? How could you hit this beautiful, gorgeous green man? Oh, I asked him to. He's my friend, my fellow investigator. Oh, uh, are you? You're investigators. <gasps> Are you on the trail of something right now? That's so interesting. I used to read books about these two investigators, one who had the ability to discover things with his mind and the other one who was, well, he was there. And, and uh, are, are, you like, are you like them? <laughs> um, well, I think we all have the ability to discover things with our minds. None, none, of my companions in my practice are there. We all bring something to the table, but regardless of that, that would be confidential. I cannot talk about the business of my business. Oh golly, that's so exciting, confidential. I've never been a part of a confidential investigation before, You're but not. this is my first, oh. Oh, I thought. No. Oh, sorry. This, this is nothing. I simply helped you up from the ground. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, uh, where, where do you live? Maybe we could, um, get a drink sometime. Arnor, are you feeling Here. better? Geo calls to Arnor across the road. I have been perfectly fine. <coughs> the drink, um, we, I, I don't, I don't understand. Why would we? Um, she goes, I don't know, um. Maybe, and she kind of runs a finger over your, like, shoulder muscle <laughs> and goes, maybe to get to know each other a little bit? I think uh, Eva, seeing this, will, like, put a hand on Geo's eyes, just like, hold <laughs> Um, I suppose we can get to know each other right here. My name is r, &R. I run a detective practice, but I, I don't... Oh, R... And R. What does that stand for? No, it's it's my name. R in R. Oh my God, you're flirting with me. Oh. You I see, see her go red. You see her just go <laughs> red instantly. Uh, mm. uh, no, no. Why? Why would I flirt with you? I mean, you're just a. Uh, you're just clearly um. You know, some uh mid midtown downtown folk that you know. Uh, why? Why would I even flirt with you, God? Arnar kind of like if her hand's still on his shoulder, he's going to like, like kind of softly grab it and like take her pulse with his thumb and say, "Your heartbeat is elevated." I will say that I do not engage in any sexual contact. I am simply not one for that. You seem like a wonderful person, but I, how does the expression go? I do not swing that way. Well, you know what, you big himbo? I'm done with this. You don't need to talk to me like that, calling me a hoe, thinking I want to do sexual things with you. I'm out of here, man. Screw you. 
I'm out of here. And you see her oh. like begin walking off. <laughs> what is a himbo? See her go, oh, you're disgusting. And she just like walks off. Uh, Aranaz is gonna walk back to his friends. I am so very confused right now. What, <laughs> what was that? Are, I don't are you know. okay? I don't Aranaz? think so. What happened? I don't. I I can. G I take mm. my hand off of Geo's eyes. What happened? Offer 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 leads into Geo and goes. Uh, Lady just wanted to, uh, you know, chat up R&R &R and uh, may maybe get some of his, uh, well, the mole, maybe, you know, maybe she was looking for the mole. Who knows? Um, and, uh, and, uh. Sounds like she wanted to investigate him a little bit deeper, if you know what I mean. Yes, whatever said. What, Olfer kind of cackles, is like, ah, what, whatever said, that, that, that was a good one. Ha, <laughs> And, uh, and then leans across oh, and goes, I see. <laughs> to Evis. I see. You are referring to my penis. The mole. That, that is... Right. Yes. Um, no, I. It. It. Okay. Mm. Um. Do you guys want to go get the coat cloaks? I'll. Uh, I'll keep watch. Yeah. Is that are we all good? Yeah. Okay. Oh, for kind of like. Uh, <sighs> I will stay with you. Oh. Ulfer. We. We might as well do pairs. I don't think any of us should be alone at any any given point. Uh, th thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, r, r Well, uh, we can maybe talk about uh, how best to uh, communicate with people who flirt with you in in, in the future while uh, while we wait. Uh, Gio and Blanco, um, uh, my size, uh, sorry, Gio and Evis, my apologies. My, my size of cape is medium. I like I like a medium cape, me. Perfect. r, &R I don't want to assume your size. You. Um. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know what I was saying until I said it, and I was like, oh shit. Uh, fuck. Gia does a perception check on Evis. Evis's Ev 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 <laughs> blue cheeks suddenly turn this like uh, like violet purple. <laughs> violet. violet purple. And, uh, and, and uh, turn like these little cute purple. Our, it just goes right over Arnar's head, uh, which is incredible because he's 6'7", uh, and he says, um, I am an extra large. Hey, great, wonderful. Are you I'm okay? Sorry. Did something no, happen? No, uh, it's just, uh, it's been a while since we've been able to joke openly like this. Just, uh... Was that a joke? Oh, no. It, you know what? It was it was an Bless underhand joke. It's it's all good. She was just hoping that it was a double XL. Was hey. all I think was being. They were they hey. were hoping it was a, a double XL. I believe in a, in in this moment. Uh, so apologies. Uh, for, anyway, oh, and he turns and he can see two guards enter from the pier and he goes, gods, 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 and he leans up against the wall of the building um, and kind of just peers around. Um, suddenly uh, he goes. Should I should I inform the others as the guards kind of just kind of begin walking through and they're just kind of muttering to themselves, not really taking much notice of people around. It's like guards, what what, what should we do? Should we walk? Yeah, we should get those. Yeah, we should. Let's let's split. Um, yeah, okay. let's get those clothes. Uh, I I assume Toad is like a toddler, large. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> 
he's he's he's, um, he's baby gap large <laughs> you can okay. you can technically get him the clothes that they have for um pets the small like the dog vests. Oh, okay uh would technically work better for him i believe i haven't been with him to buy i don't think he wears much in terms of clothes actually um, all natural baby i'm not there the fact that Come his on, are quite abundant <laughs> um i believe he is technically constantly naked but if you okay. were to buy him a um more jewels for his wings i think he would appreciate it hmm. You get like the the Professor Oak. You can't use that in here, you know. But it but it's a toad, like all natural baby. Yeah. Toad, <laughs> toad uses focus sash. <laughs> and Gio's taking notes in his little notebook um, he, he of, can, of sizes. He can be bejazzled. <laughs> Amazing! Oh my God. <laughs> so, as Gio and Evis begin making their way off towards that square, uh, Ulfur turns to Arnar and goes, uh, let's look busy. Um, I, I, I have a dice set in my pocket. And he pulls out a, a dragon dice set and, uh, and goes, uh, uh, let's, let's play. And uh, just rolls the dice on, onto the ground in front of him and Arnar. And uh, at that moment, we're going to cut back inside to the fence, fencing club. And the room that you guys have walked into, let me just describe it. It's wooden walls. The walls have these kind of dark brown and red stains all over the wood. You can see that there are five tatami mats that make up the floor. Um, Blanco, as a so as a professional, as, as someone who has practiced with a sword a lot, can you please make a history check with advantage about five tatami mats in a room? And then we're gonna and so there's five tatami mats. They're splattered in these again brown stains, red stains, kind of all over the place. And over to the right, you can see a weapons rack with kind of more rudimentary um, rapiers, kind of lent up against uh, the rack on the wall. Um, as you guys kind of enter, uh, Maddox goes to the far end of the room, spins on his heels, faces Blanco, before taking a bit of a wider stance. Go for it, Toad. Um, well, to, um, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna pat um, Blanco, give him bardic inspiration, just play like a little, like a warm, like we're warming up. So play like, like a warming up, you know, getting warmed up. And then I'm gonna position myself to where I'm five feet from, from them, from, oh, what did I forget his name? From Maddox. I'm gonna make sure, cause I have, it's called um, Sublime Calamity. And so at their level, you're natural Aurora, Aurora, but devils those who come close to you. So as long as I have bardic inspiration remaining, Creatures within five feet of me have disadvantage on the attack on their first turn. Cool. And so, so he's got disadvantage on his first myself. attack. Yes, anyone with five feet of me. So I'm going to angle myself so I'm five feet from them, but like farther from um, Tom, Blanco. Could you do me a favor? I completely forgot to grab my book. Can you grab my book and a pen for me? My book is literally just on the shelves. Can you just grab that for me? Um, Sorry. Um, and uh, Tracy, what was your history check? Oh, history. Yeah. Oh, sorry. History advantage. Sorry, history advantage. So eight. Eight. With an eight, um, yeah, they're just tatami mats. You, you, you don't seem to recollect anything about uh, about this style of room or anything like that. But uh, Maddox stands across from you, uh, his one arm kind of facing you, and he goes, "Are you ready, Sir Magic?" And at this point, I um, I want to cast like Hunter's Mark if I can. Yeah, of course. Um, so. 
It means that. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. My, my, the, 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 the one that has the dragon on it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Go for it. Yeah. So you cast Hunter's Mark on him. No problem. Um, and what we're going to do now is, can you and him please roll initiative? Blanco's sort of like um, limbering up and he feels that, you know, Toad has, you know, given him sort of like this boost. He can feel it, but he's feeling quite confident. This isn't something that's sort of, you know. Amazing. So um, as you guys kind of take stance, you see Maddox say, let's see how you fare against the mouth and hand. He pulls the Tonto, which is the small uh, katana-style dagger from his sheath and places it in his mouth and grips it in his mouth. He then pulls his katana from its sheath and you can see that this is a gorgeous two-handed katana that has an amazing uh, like rapier guard kind of that has been fitted onto it that has got metal and then uh, bits of like blue gem kind of encrusted in it and he takes a stance. I'm just gonna show you guys, just cause I wanna, I, I love this piece of artwork and I gotta just show you guys what that looks like. There you go. So that's, oh, that's the stance no. that he takes and you can see him prepared and ready as he does. What was your initiative role, Blanco? Uh, 17. 17, you act first. Okay, um, I um, say, one moment to Maddox and I said I just need to prepare first and I go to Toad I said do we need to make a bet here do we need to leverage if I win here what we gain from this and and I go you know and like I'm speaking obviously through Toad you know Maddox isn't going to understand me so I'm well, and so above, so he said, so if we beat him, we'll get to talk to him. Um, we'll take us to um, Leopold, right? That's yeah. that was a basic, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we get, I know there's other things we need him for, so right now, at least we'll get to see Leopold. So that's, I think that's everything we need at the moment, but we can always come back though, since when you do win, we'll have access to here too. So. We can always come back and meet with them again. I, I feel that you, you I feel you have empowered me, and I shall now take my stance and take aim. Amazing. You take stance. It's your move first. You've got initiative. Okay. Gonna roll. I, yeah, I've drawn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly over. That yeah. You can yeah. see that you're here on the map as well. Yeah. So I. Um, now, uh, is uh, Toad going to roll initiative? Is he going nope. to be part of this at he's, all? He's, okay. uh, he's, unless he decides to get involved, then okay. currently, no. Okay. I, wanna, right. I just want to fly, though. I just want to be within like five feet. It's just watching from like, you know, yeah. the corner. Like. Near here, near like him here, like that? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of walk, yeah. Like I'll be kind of close to Mother Forget. Um, I can't do Hunter's Mark and Zephyr's Strike on myself where I move like the wind. No, you have to do one or the other, Hunter's okay. Mark or Zephyr's Strike. And we'll okay. say as you've cast Hunter's Mark already, that's already on him. Okay. All right. I'm going to... And uh, that will be your bonus action. Sorry? That will be your bonus action because Hunter's Mark is a bonus action. Yeah. So I'm going to move and... Um, um, 
Straight to him? Yeah. Cool. And take a strike. Go for it. Roll attack. Um, I'm going to pull my sword mm. and I'm going to sort of aim the one um, sort of like good hand that he's You're going to aim for his wrist? Yeah, his wrist. Okay. Um, And I... Does a 25 hit? A 25 does indeed hit. If it didn't, I'm quitting. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled 19 and um, plus 6, so 25. Okay. So how much damage, sir? Okay, with you take um, 1d8 plus 3 plus the um, hunter's mark is another 1d6. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, that meant thank you. And a d6. Um. Five. Five points of damage. Mm-hmm. He's going to use his reaction parry ability and reduce it down to one point of damage. Okay. As you come in, you come swing really. I, go for it. Can I? I can't have a reaction to sort of like try and sort of bend my lower half. Uh, unless you have an ability that gives okay. you a reaction. No. Okay. Uh, so as you come down, you clang, and he raises his guard to block it. Uh, your blade clangs against his sparks, shower the back wall as uh, as you do. Um, and as you do, the force that you come down with tweaks his wrist a little bit and you hear him say, as, uh, as it tweaks his wrist at, a, at an awkward angle as he takes one point of damage. Um, anything else on your turn? Um, I, can I disengage? Uh, n- you don't have a bonus action. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't believe okay. you can disengage. Yeah. Cool. So you end your turn. Uh, as you end your turn within his space, you suddenly feel this kind of static in the air around you. And as you do... I had Bardic Inspiration. Does that do anything to... You can roll it to enhance a roll, to, to add more to a roll. That's what Bardic Inspiration does. So it's, oh, a, it's okay. a dice roll that can be added to it. Okay, I do. Um, and so uh, you take four points of lightning damage as he key eyes um, in front of you and goes, um, and a blast of like energy kind of comes out from him. Um, and you feel uh, that that you take four points of lightning damage as that does. Now it's his turn. So on his turn, uh, he is going to remain within your space, but he's going to do, he's going to kind of like faint. And as he faints, he's going to take a little sidestep and try and come around to the side of you. Um, Disadvantage. So He's going to come around to the side of you, um, and he's going to swing his uh, his first attack, um, and then he's going to try and swing as he swings, step in and try and slash you with the one in his mouth as well, making two attacks. First one's going to be a disadvantage. Yep. Cool. Cool. Okay. So that was a. That was a. That was a twenty-five and a thirteen. Do either of those hit? The 25 does. 
the, tw the 25 hits. Amazing. Okay. So um, that is going to be... You take nine points of piercing damage as, uh, as he slashes you uh, with, his, uh, with his katana. Um, and uh, you also, as you do, you feel this kind of like static shock from the blade as it cuts your skin as well, dealing an extra seven points of lightning damage. And uh, he is going to end his turn um, and, uh, and again, kind of take stance ready for you. I um, take, I run up and I hit the wall and I come back down behind him. Mm -hmm. um, and um, this time I've now got my rapier out and I've got my claws, mm -hmm. my claw. So I'm going to do will two. Of cool, go for it. You can make two attacks. You hit the Bardic Inspiration if you needed to, which is yeah. going to be a D8 for one of them. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to... I got... Um... Mm -hmm. I can always give it again to Inspiring Sabrina, so I think it can be. Okay, to... I'll roll it again. Uh, just it'd wait. be real quick. The, we're, this is this raid is taking place on the same day, correct? Uh, yes, you were you yes you were planning yeah. on uh, on doing the raid later tonight yeah. at ten. I think I like at this up. time it's like. 12 hours later or maybe 11 and a half yeah, yeah. Okay. you guys have you guys have got time from now like you've made it here at about 10 30 they went inside the shop so you're looking yeah. at probably okay. like you guys have got a good few hours if blanco needed to have a long rest post this they would have time to long rest okay if need cool be. just yeah. checking so two attacks yeah um the first one was six yeah um and then um 11. Uh, so uh, you you swing with your rapier um, as he e very easily just sidesteps and it <laughs> goes past. You then go to scratch with your claw. So you. Hang on, can I just, sorry, I beg your pardon. That is my bad. So it is a. Um, it's a fourteen. Sorry. Still doesn't hit. Okay. So um, the first slash. You go downwards and he sidesteps it. Um, the second one, you swing uh, horizontally with your claws and he just matrix bends backwards and you just go right over his head um, with your claws as you do. And he comes back up and laughs a little <laughs> bit and goes, nice try. And I, uh, as he's got the thing in his mouth, he's like, nice try. I disengage and I um, sort of like come down and I'm like down into sort of, sort of a crouch position. Where to? Like, Where are you disengaging yeah. to? Um, yeah. This way? Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Um, and uh, and you're going to crouch? No, semi-crouch, sort of like, you know, yeah, yeah. like this. Cool. Um, end of your turn? Yep. Cool. Amazing. He's going to go, ah, your Capoeira style is very strong, but the hand and mouth is far stronger. And he rushes forward. As he does, he goes low and goes to slash at your feet as he uh, as he tries to go uh, in at you, basically, and is going to be hovering above. That first one of me hovering above is going to give him the disadvantage of that, so I'm still kind of hovering just like cool. yep. right like near him. Disadvantage, so that's 16 hit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as he runs in, he slashes at your ankle and is going to do six points of piercing 
and three points of lightning damage um, as the blade uh, passes through the skin and the fur on Blanco's ankle. And then um, as he, so as he's going to run, he's going to do that. He's going to continue to move around you and, uh, and come up to the side here. As that happens, you hear Miradas go, good show, Maddox. Ha <laughs> ha. And uh, your turn, Blanco. At this point, I go to, I'm, you know, turn to Toad and I say, Toad, I'm, I'm getting weaker. I think I might have uh, uh, overcompensated for my skills. I, I only, you know, fought so quickly and I'm like still down in this thing. Mm. Um, maybe we can, we can do a truce. And I'm, while I, I keep my, my health, but I don't lose honor. Um, are you sure? So I'm going to kind of interrupt, like, okay, this fight is, it's fine. But if they're going to also, I don't mean to, to Silence, interrupt. Toad, we're in the middle of battle. Silence, yes, T. Exactly. Silence, if we're going, in the middle of this. If they're going to fight, if they're going to be Leopold, though, they're going to be exhausted. That's unfair for them. Huh. How are we going to charge them out for them in Leopold? That is not fair. Huh. And Blanco stands up at this point and, and sort of like takes a bow towards um, Maddox to sort of show that he is like respectful of how he is fought. They will, they will continue this fight, but they do want to be with him first and be rested. So they will be, they'll be more than welcome to take you on as well, but they would like to be Leopold. Not exhausted. You see Maddox go. He slides his katana back into its sheath and drops the tanto out of his mouth and catches it with his good hand before twirling it around and sliding it into uh, its scabbard as well. And going, what makes you think if you can't beat me that you're going to beat Leopold? Look at you surrendering in the middle of a battle. What honor is there in that? Disgraceful. And you say you bring the best fencer in the land to our club. What is this? And, and Blanco leans in and says, it is not always about a final loss of victory. It is about recognizing someone with great skills and honoring those great skills. It isn't to be fought to the death. Who said anything to the death? I had no intention oh, of killing you, simply oh, just- sorry, No, I was saying that to Blanco. Uh, Blanco was saying that to Toad because he doesn't speak like the same language. Right. Sorry. Oh, and I kind of, I kind of relate that too. I kind of relate that to. You know, I strongly disagree with what you're saying, and it doesn't really sit with my values at all. But wherever Podunk place you come from, where you're fencing like that, I understand they might have morals where surrendering during a battle shows that you are, I don't know, respectful or something. But here in the Mensurin Club, we finish our battles and then we respect one another afterwards. And I say, this battle isn't finished. It's just I don't wish to be injured or you to be injured when we go and meet Leopold. They don't wish to be hurt before, so they, they would like to finish this. As soon as they're with Leopold, they are more than going to finish this, but they don't want to be injured or tired before they meet Leopold to give that affair the best shot they can give. Does your fencing club right not out. have a healing fountain? Does your fencing club not have a healing fountain? Uh, what injuries do you believe we would sustain? We would simply go out, use the fountain, and, and, and recover all of our healing. The, the, the fountain, you, you know about the fountain, right? Yeah, it was explained to you when you came in, correct? 
They didn't say anything about any sort of fountain. Okay, so after a battle, the fountain is then ritualistically used to, to, to heal us. Uh, apparently, it's, it's infused with some sort of elixir from some small island. Uh, what was it called? It was called Largos? No, uh, Lacrima. I think it was Lacrima. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so it's infused with an elixir from there that, that, that heals us after our battles. So do you wish to continue? Or would you like me to go tell yeah, Leopold that... I'm Yes, let, me, let me read the information to... Can I read that really quickly, though, please? So yes, they can of understand course. The fountain. Of course, take your time. And he turns oh. to Miradas, raises his hand to Miradas, and Miradas goes, like, almost like laughing at you guys behind your behind your back. I think, oh, God, this, I think we must continue. Of course. And you, you've got this, I mean... Absolutely, we must we continue. And... I've got um, your back, and so... Yeah, and... and um, um, he bows again and draws his rapier again and is ready to, to battle. Uh, at this moment, he's facing away from you and laughing with Mirados. He doesn't see you draw your rapier at all. And I do strike. Amazing. Go for it. You can make your attack with advantage. Twenty-one. Hit. <laughs> okay. And um, just as I'm about to strike, I say, turn around. As you say, turn around, he turns to face you as you ram the rapier into his stomach. How much damage do you do? Plus your hunter's mark yep. as well. Nine. You do nine points of piercing damage. As you slide the rapier easily through his midsection, through the flesh, organs, and anything, and it pierces out the back of him, and he goes, ah, as he does. And uh, you see Miradas turn to Toad and go, that is a cheat, that's a foul move, he wasn't ready. At this, you see Ma uh, Maddox grip onto your rapier and pull the rapier out of his body. Um, as you do, you see blood begin to seep from the wound. I'm gonna just roll something quickly. Just gonna see what goes on here. Oh wow, okay. Let's see where that leaves us. Okay. Now taken, okay. You see him grab his rapier as he begins kind of, you see him getting agitated. And Blanco, as you look at him, his eyes begin to almost sparks of lightning begin shooting across the irises of his eyes. You suddenly see the limp cloth where his arm was begin to fill. And you see it slowly begin to fill as if something is growing within underneath. What pokes out the end is a hand, but this hand is made entirely of blue electricity and lightning as it pokes out the bottom of his sleeve. You see him, and he charges forward and goes to swing at you uh, with uh, his rapier and I I ducked down and I said this is a sword fight not a electric not uh, uh, a battle with uh, uh, conjuring magic yeah 
He, he rolls a three. As he swings for you, you duck down. Uh, he swings over your head, uh, takes a couple of steps, drops to a knee and turns straight away to look back at you. Uh, you can hear the crackling of lightning from his arm as he's like, uh, come on then, come on. And uh, is gonna then charge back at you. It's your turn though. At this point, um, Blanco is just like, feeling that this has become something so much more than they had intended, that there was not this um, thing. And they realized that uh, doing something quickly but with, from the, the back was not what he had wanted to do. And he had taken a moment of, of like pure sort of like out of body kind of experience. And um, he cut, draws his sword um, to the height and says, this, was my master's sword. It is not intended to kill or hurt another. This sword is intended for one person. And for this reason, I cannot continue with this battle. You tried to goad me. This sword is meant only for one person. And I respect you. And I have to tell you, I am sorry. I cannot continue this. This this sword was made by my master and is for one person only. So no attacks this turn, not doing any actions, staying where you are, just and, talking. And I put my sword I put my sword away and I take two steps oh I step away. So disengage? Him. I disengage and I step away and I bow. And I say, you most respectful fighter, but this is not the fight I have been raised to fight. And Amazing. I say this to Toad and Toad. As you are, this is a good question. Are you saying this out loud or is this all been said? Yeah, no, it's out loud, but Toad has to translate yeah. it because I don't speak. Cool. Toad, I assume you translate all of that? <laughs> as beautiful as I can, yes. Blinded Adding, like some good embellishments too, just to it, just uh, yes. Blinded by rage, he pushes forward and goes to slice you again. And this time, this time, as he goes mid-slice, he lifts his arm, and suddenly a bolt of light shoots from his arm. Does a nineteen hit? Yeah. So can I? Because if this is first attack of his turn. Yeah. I'm still going to hover near him, so that's still be disadvantage. Yeah, nice. This person. 19 at disadvantage. Uh, you, roll, you rolled a 19 on disadvantage. Roll two 19s. Um, and as this bolt of lightning hits you out of his hand, you feel it kind of hit your chest plate. And as it does, the electricity then disperses and courses through the metal. And it goes up into your neck and you feel it in your brain as it feels like you're being locked in place, like a taser has just hit you. As your body stiffens, Blanco, you take 12 points of lightning damage. Um, and I... I can barely speak at this point. I'm, I drop to my knees and I say to Toad, repeat again, this is not the fight I came to fight. As my the lightning sword is not 
my rapier and sword is not for his damage. It is purely made by my master. This is not the fight I am to have. And I, like, I, at that point, I am, like, down on my knees. You see him as, as the bolt fires off and, uh, and he's kind of running towards you. He stops mid-track. You see him kind of slow up and his, the arm that is made out of lightning kind of falls to his side and begins retracting. The sleeve begins falling limp again as he stands there. <sighs> he sheaths his katana and says, I'm very sorry. I did not mean my emotions to get out of hand and for me to strike you in such a way that was very disrespectful of me. And if we were to continue this battle, I wish to do so with our blades and not with anything else. I apologize. And he steps forward to Blanco and kneels in front of Blanco as well and goes down and goes, I am very sorry. I, 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 and you see like his demeanor from this like cocky person changes almost instantly to a little boy filled with shame. And he stands there, he's like, I, I sometimes it just gets out of hand and I can't control it. And I, I'm really sorry. You just, you provoked me with that surprise attack, which is very good by the way, but I, I'm really sorry. And you see him just kind of put his head to the, uh, to the tatami mat and, and bow to you. At this point, I put a paw on his head and I said, I was taught surprise attack and therefore I apologize for that being my first place to do that. I respect you. We maybe can do some sparring together and teach each other some interesting things. But you are not the person my rapier is here to be used upon in an attacking way. I, I appreciate that. He looks up. I appreciate that, but I never intended to hurt you in this manner. And you can see Miradas is like taking a big step back and is shocked at Maddox's outburst. He's shocked, at, he's shocked at about the surprise attack. He's just like, step back, like, what the fuck just happened, basically? And uh, as you guys kind of look around you, the room, you can see that a section of the wall is smoking from where the lightning had hit Blanco, passed through, and then continued and, and struck the wall uh, behind Blanco. Blanco is <laughs> coughing. <laughs> he's feeling very weak, and he says to Toby, maybe you can relate to him that we go to the, the fountain to cure ourselves and, and both heal up and then meet Leopold. Hey, can we, can we, is it possible we go to the fountain now? You both, um, I think you guys are both near the fountain and then maybe we can meet Leopold if, if possible. You see, he stands up and gestures an arm out to Blanco and pulls Blanco up, places Blanco's arm around his shoulder and, uh, and goes, Yes, I, I apologize again, and maybe we'll call it a draw this time. Sir Black Magic, a very formidable opponent yourself. And I appreciate that, um, young Maddox. And uh, I look forward to us sparring together at a future time. 
I would be I'd be delighted to do so as he kind of begins limping with you like out towards the uh, out towards the fountain and is like I, I just hope I don't have another outburst like this it hasn't happened for so long I I, I apologize and uh, you guys make your way over to the fountain and begin kind of using the water to wash away the wounds and and uh, cure. Um, T, you're back up to full health um, after using the fountain and uh, and doing so. And Miradas goes, oh, well, I don't fucking know what any of that was, and that was freaking crazy. Look, T and and Black Magic, if you wish to bring your friend to my my uh, my lecture, I'd be happy to see you. I have a place to be and people to tell about this. Um, thank you for for uh, an amazing show and. Uh, and I shall maybe catch you in a couple of days. And uh, he begins kind of backing away to the door. Please, please keep it, uh, please keep mum of my compatriot to a minimum. Since like you said, we're trying to come up there. So we want people to see it firsthand, um, their, their prowess, uh, so. No problem. Uh, and uh, he kind of steps through the beads and as the beads close, he, he, he disappears. Maddox kind of sat, sat there with Blanco by the fountain just kind of looks up and goes, "Well, um, you proved yourself quite quite greatly, um, I would say. Uh, and 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 due to my dishonor, it would only be right that I introduced you to the Alpha. If you wish to duel him, you're welcome to do so today or another time. But but yes, uh, let let me just go grab Leopold. And uh, and with that, he goes to turn around and and go towards the door where you heard all the laughing coming from." before. I turn to Tony and oh, thank goodness for this fountain. Oh, I, I, I think I was nearly gone and I, um, you know, my, the rapier is not for this young man. I, and lightning is, is not part of a sword battle and, uh, uh, he has made me rethink everything that I, I know about being a fighter. Uh, first, I need to apologize. I'm so sorry that I put you in that situation. I should have done something. I'm sorry. I let you down there. You you fought bravely. You, you were, What are you talking about? You stood up there and you fought him just as well. So... No, your heart's in the right place. I let you down by not being better, so I apologize. But well, now, I, 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 now we must return to the mission of why we are here. Yes. Maybe we can do a better job of uh, getting some information from. Oh, dear me! Oh, like oh, yes. Maybe we can do a better job of getting some information. Uh, at this point, Maddox opens the door and you hear, ha ha ha, good show, good boy, good show, that was, a, that was a good one. And you can see inside there is like these gorgeous red velvet sofas kind of dotted along the wall. Uh, and there's like a bunch of gentlemen who are all dressed very regally uh, with their rapiers sat around kind of just talking shit with each other. Um, as Maddox leans in, he goes, uh, Leopold, um, there's some people here who uh, wish to see you. Um, and you hear... Uh, the, you kind of hear like a chorus of like, oh, everyone wants to see Leopold, you know, from like the, 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 the people in the room. As he stands up and he's like, uh, you hear like the cane on the ground and he's like, ah, oh, 
Come on, you guys. Give it a break. Give it a break. Shut. Hey, hey, you, you, Trevor. What did I say? What did I say, Trevor? Okay. And uh, and he, uh, he walks past and Trevor goes, man, just because he beats me doesn't mean you have to boss me around all the time as he turns to the person next to him. Um, and Leopold, this older gentleman, kind of uh, shuffles his way um, out of the door and closes the door behind him, to which you hear a roar of like laughter again kind of go off. Um, and Maddox turns to both of you and goes, I present humbly the Alpha Sir Leopold Armwith. Thank, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Skyrim. We're so stoked you hung around. Um, if you're enjoying any of this series, please, please, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps us out massively. It's completely free for you guys. But we're also doing something awesome at the moment, guys. We're trying to build this new, safe, inclusive, diverse TTRPG space where people can share ideas, content, or even just have a talk and know that they're supported by other people within the community. Um, so we have a Discord server at the moment that is growing rapidly. Um, it's over 500 people in there at the moment, and uh, every day it's super super busy with loads of people interacting so if you're interested in checking that out check the description link in the description um, as well as that we are currently doing our newsletter of holding and this is the best way to stay up to date with the content that we at homie and the dude create so in that newsletter you'll find out about what we've got coming out that week you'll get a little bit of behind the scenes content as well as also an update on our airship combat Kickstarter which will be coming out next year we're very very excited about that um, and finally as well you get free D&D supplements so things made by myself, things that you know I've used in the Sky Realm and other campaigns that I make, it's all stuff that I use myself, so NPCs, battle maps, items, all that kind of stuff, and we'll be uh, including that in our newsletter of holding as well. So if that interests you, that is completely free of charge, and that's a, a link in the description as well. Um, so guys, thank you so much for just taking the time to tune in. We really appreciate it here at Homie and the Dude. And uh, we look forward to catching you in the next episode when our party uh, get a little bit deeper in the fencing club and, uh, and really go with that undercover um, bit that they're doing for Blanco and Toad while the others um, begin looking for some disguises to help themselves blend into Uptown a little bit more. But we look forward to seeing you then, guys. Catch you in the next episode.